We've been talking about catch-22s, and uh, we've been talking about, really, um, what a catch-22 is about. It's about choices, right? Uh, and every choice that you make has several components, at least two components to every choice you will make. First of all, there's a desire for a minimum of two things. Uh, and so you have all these things. What it could be five? It can be six. What are, what are we going to do? And, and, and so, so that's the first component of a choice. And the, the other idea of a, a real choice uh, is the inability to have all of it. Uh, give, give you an illustration here. Um, family or career. Now, as I say, I, I want to go through this. I say, wait, why can't I have both? Well, let's talk about that for a little bit. Um, and this is just an illustration. There is no choice that you will ever have that doesn't have a degree of difficulty. Right? If, if there's no difficulty, then there's no choice. I mean, if you hate kids, right, th then, then family or careers, there's not really a choice. Right? I mean, and there are people like, I just don't want to deal with that. So, so, so then that's, that, that's not really a choice. That's easy. It's already made. Ah, I don't want, we don't want kids. All right, great, career. So, so that's the first idea of, 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 of figuring out when something's a choice. Uh, the second is that if there is a, a solution where, where you can have both, then there's no choice. Again, you found a way. Uh, and so some careers make it easy to have family, uh, and, and, and no one has to choose, and, and that's all wonderful. Right? It's great. So, so, so I use that illustration. Now, when I can't attain both, I mean a real choice, right? uh, we go through a process. Um, the process looks like this. Now, I can sacrifice. I'm going to end up sacrificing. But that is always going to be my last choice. Why? Because I really want all of these things or both of these things. So, so I hold on. I, I hold on to the last minute till I have to jump off of one of those trains. Uh, but but un until then, now again, the first thing we're going to do is try to figure out how to gain both. That, that's the first thing we're going to try. How can I get both? And, and we try it. We, we, and we're creative. I mean, you, it could be not, maybe it's a, a different choice. Maybe you want to own two things. Oh, it's like I can't afford these. But if I work overtime, I can. You figured it out. It was difficult, but you figured out a way to get to get both. And that's the first. But but again, that's not always possible. You can't always figure out how to get everything you want. And this is where choices come in. And we're going to be talking about the second method that we run to. This is the second thing. And since not always wrong. Sometimes we think of this as a, a negative word. Uh, but the word that we are looking at is compromise. Right? Compromise is, is thought of as a negative word. And, and oftentimes it is. And we're going to look at how it is and how it isn't. Um, but there are necessary and possible com uh, compromises. And, and we illustrate this with, with, uh, with relationships. We make compromises all the time. In fact, they're necessary in relationships. <coughs> a couple that is never compromised is going to be divorced. That's just the facts. Right? Uh, it was il illustrated to me the, the um, 
I was, many, many years ago, I was taking counseling courses. And, and they used the illustration of what happens when a, a melancholy person marries a sanguine. Now, that almost never happens because they're almost never in the same place. But, but there might be a point, like a college campus, that they might, you know, in the, the laundry room, they run into each other and it's love at first sight. Okay, so you have a melancholy. Now, melancholies are, they, I mean, a group of one is ideal. Now, that's how they like it. Uh, two at the most. I mean, two is the crowd. But, but, you know, you and me, we like each other. And now, so, so they, they do not like functions. They don't like, that's, they, it, it exhausts them. You know, wonder what's wrong with them. Uh, but their, their brains are going a mile a minute. Melancholies, almost all of your melancholies, or all of your geniuses in life and in history have been melancholy. They just think, and, and, and all that other noise just gets in the way of the thinking. All right, so, so you have a melancholy. Now, sanguine. Sanguines are not geniuses. If you're sanguine, I'm sorry. You're smart, but you just melancholies are the different group. No, very few of them, right? The sanguine, though, sanguines are very valuable. They derive energy from people, and 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 they they need to be around people. They have to have it. They, they get depressed if they're not. So you got a a person that now now you got a marriage where where you have a person that gets depressed around people, and you have a marriage. Uh, with a person that gets depressed if they're not around people, we're going to have to make some compromises. Uh, these marriages don't typically last, by the way. Uh, they, they, they're not too many of them, but they, of the ones that there are, they, do not, they don't go well. It's very difficult to come up with a compromise that, that accomplishes both people. Huh? Listen, you're going to have to let her go out with her friends. Well, I, I want her here with me. Well, you're going to have to give that up. Well, I, I always have to be out. Huh? You're going to have to spend some time alone with a, with a person, just one. You're going to have to figure out that compromise. And these are necessary. Relationships are necessary to have compromises. Now, that's not what we're talking about. Uh, but that's just an illustration of, of how compromises are possible. But we're going to talk about compromises in a different way. Matthew chapter 22. And we want to get to the point where we can figure out when compromises are okay and when they're not. And Jesus uh, encounters a situation in Matthew chapter 22. Where he's put into one of these situations where he needs... To make choices, we're actually going to be looking up at, at Mark for a little bit too. It's, a, it's got a, a detail in it that I want to come to. But Ma Matthew, we're going to read uh, 22, and we're going to be, uh, begin in verse um, verse 15. I apologize; I'm having to read my own writing. Uh, my computer did not want to print, uh, so so I had to handwrite this here. Um, Matthew 22, verse 15, beginning. It says, "The Pharisees went out and plotted how they might entangle him in his talk." And they sent to him their disciples with the Herodians, saying, Teacher, we know that you are true, and teach the way of God in truth. Nor do you care about anyone, nor do you regard the person of men. Tell us, therefore, what do you think? Is it lawful to pay taxes to Caesar or not? But Jesus perceived their wickedness, and he said, Why do you test me, you hypocrites? Show me the tax money. So they brought him a denarius, and he said to them, Whose image and inscription is this? And they said to him, Caesar's. And he said to them, Render therefore to Caesar the things that are Caesar, and to God's the things that are God's. And when they had heard these words, they marveled and left them and went their way. 
There's a complex problem here, and we look at this, and we, we know, I think, right away, one of the types of things that they're trying to, to get him to do. Uh, they've been plotting his death for some time. Now, <clears throat> the problem that they have is that they don't have really anything to hang him with. Because their problem is that they can't kill him. They need Rome to kill him, but the things that they want to kill him for, Rome couldn't care less about. Caesar doesn't care about the Sabbath day. Not, it doesn't even cross his mind. And that's what they're really upset about. So they've got to get something that Rome cares about. And so they go to taxes. If we can get him to say, you shouldn't pay taxes, well, then, we have them there. That's insurrection. That's something that, I mean, Rome cares about taxes. I mean, every government cares about taxes. And so, so what they're trying to do is they're trying to nudge him. And that we're going to look at some things here. Now, they're not just using money. They're going to be using some things greater than that. And you can tell there's some verbal clues in these, in these verses. Everything you have to understand when we go and we're talking about these are lawyers, right? And when you're talking to a lawyer, everything a lawyer says, every word is important. Every word. Right? That's why you read the fine print. You read the fine print and I'm like, I still don't know what this says. <laughs> Every word is important. And you get your lawyer to figure out what they just said, right? Because it's a, it's a lawyer speak. When we read this, we kind of breeze through this, and we don't realize that every word they say is a wedge. Everything they say, we're going to look at three wedges that they use to try to separate Jesus. Now remember... We're talking about ministry. When we talk about compromises and choices, our topic is primarily about ministry, and this isn't going to affect his ministry. They are trying to separate Jesus from the people that he would minister to. They are trying to get the masses on their side. And so everything, so he, they're trying to offer choices. Choices for Jesus to compromise Something, not the good compromise. So, let's look at three wedges. First one, let's look at, and this one has, this verse has all three right in it. It says, they sent the disciples to him along with the Herodians saying, Teacher, we know that you are true and teach the way of God truthfully. You do not care about anyone's opinion. For you do not, you are not swayed by appearances. And so the first one is public opinion. He's there, and, there's, and, and what are people concerned about? It is not just, and this is the obvious one, people care about money. Hey, you don't care what people think. You can just hear, they're just daring him. Don't look, you don't care about this massive group of people here watching this conversation. I, we know you would never Stoop to care about everything they think that's important. Don't think about public opinion. And behind that is, 
hmm, what do you think that all these people are going to do if you tell them to pay taxes? They already hate taxes. It's way too much. They hate Rome, and they hate taxes. And, and so, so there's a wedge. Does Jesus appease the masses for the short term because these are the people he's trying to win? And it's kind of similar to what we talked about last week, isn't it? With, with, with Jesus being concerned about his ministry and Jesus being concerned about all the people that might be looking at him while he's on the top of the pinnacle of the temple. All those people. Eh, public opinion. It matters. And that is the simplest one. These are the people he needs to convince. But, if he goes along, and see, he's going to do some more damage. Well, not just to himself. He's not just... The worst thing that's going to happen to him is not that he's going to die. That's coming anyway. And we're going to talk about the results of these later on in the message here. The second is appearances. He says, we know you are not swayed by appearances. Now, one other detail that's important in this passage, who is present? The Herodians. We have to understand who the Herodians are, because this is important. It is not by accident that they are here. Nothing with these people is ever by accident. The Herodians were hated because they were viewed as Rome's lapdogs. They were, uh, they were hated for more than that. Um, they were, uh, the Herods are not, the Herodians are not Jewish. They, they, they're kind of mixed. They had, they're from a place called Idumea, which is southeast of Israel, or in the southeast of Israel. Uh, they were, Idumea is the Edomites, so they are descendants of Esau. So, so by this time, they're considered, they're, they're considered, you know, like the black sheep of the family. They're, they're, the Jews don't like them. And the fact that they collect taxes, and, and, and they kind of worked for Rome, and they were buddy-buddy with the Rome from I forget which emperor uh, they got really buddy-buddy with, it just irritates them. So, so we have the masses. We, we're still with that. It's not just about the money, but it's about the appearances. If Jesus says pay your taxes, he's connected now with this group of people, the Herodians, who they hate. Oh, you don't care about appearances. I mean, no one, you don't care that after this meeting, people are going to connect you with them. Have you ever been, oh, had this conundrum about who I'm going to be connected with? And, 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 and guilt by association. This is guilt by association. This is that next wedge that they use to try to separate uh, from, from, from Jesus from the people. Uh, so, so that's the second wedge. Um, and then we get one more in here. He says, oh, we know that you teach the way of God truthfully. Well, that seems innocent enough, doesn't it? I mean, that's true. But we have to kind of dig underneath, and this is the most sneaky one of all. How in the world could teaching the truth be considered a wedge between them and the people? 
I want to go back. We, we preached a sermon and we talked about uh, since people who were sincerely wrong, if you remember that. And we, can, we, we had a sermon about a guy by the name of John Hyrcanus. You remember that? Uh, John Hyrcanus was back in the time of the Maccabees. He was a priest. And he was very pious, but he was very wrong. And, and one of the ways we illustrated that was the fact that he, was, he, he refused, when, well, he was, he was a priest and a king at the same time, a kind of informal king. And he refused to have the money for the temple minted with his picture on it because he thought that that was kind of like a graven image. All right, that was, it's, like, it's kind of like idolatry. Didn't, didn't God tell us in the second command not to do that? Well, obviously, that's kind of a not really what God was trying to drive at was, was what your coinage looks like. But that, that idea caught on. Not immediately, but, but once he became popular, in, in retrospect, that, and, and we talked about how uh, he became kind of the one that popularized the Sadducees. That was the group that he was, he was connected with. And, and so as the Sadducees become, the, 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 that, that philosophy becomes the, the philosophy of the priesthood, that idea took hold among many people. That, that coinage, using coinage was, uh, uh, with a man's picture on it, was idolatry. So, so the, the coins that were used for the, the Jewish uh, temple wouldn't have that type of imagery on it because that, they didn't want idolatry. Uh, and, and, and so there's all sorts of weird ideas that they had. So now, what are they saying to him? They're giving him a wedge. If you say use this coinage, now, who did Caesars think they were? God. They were God. You're, you're saying that we should use imagery that's connected to idolatry. Uh, we know that you wouldn't say anything untruthful. You wouldn't want to be doctrinally incorrect, would you, Jesus? In front of all these people. You wouldn't want to say something that's wrong. Which? Oh, they're so clever. Man, and then if that's me, I could... Uh, I can just see Jesus fighting with what to do here. This is a sticky situation. Well, not for Jesus, I suppose. I mean, I suppose it was a temptation, but the way out is not that difficult. And, and we see how it ends up, and are like... How did he get out of that one? I don't know. I thought we had him. We used all the small print in the book. We used every clause and everything we knew. I had no idea how he snuck out of that one. What to choose? When it comes to public opinion appearances and theology. Well, I want to look at this a little bit closer. Um, some problems that we have. So there's some challenges with catch-22s like this. And first of all, one of the things that we come up with is impossible standards. Mark has an interesting detail. And it says, Jesus, knowing their hypocrisy, said to them, why do you put me to the test? There are always, when we establish false 
ideas and standards like John Hyrcanus had, we will eventually get to the point of a contradiction in which there's no escape. Jesus, is, he's just a master. He's just a master. They don't, even, they don't even know what he's saying here. Bring me a denarius. Whoa! What, what are you doing with one of these bad boys? If they're idolatry, what do you have it for? I mean, it took them three seconds to give them a denarius. With Caesar's image on it. Oh, you can use it. Uh-uh. How come you can use it? And now all of a sudden the people are looking at them saying, whoa, wait a minute. All the hypocrisy. Impossible standards. There will eventually be hypocrisy. Why do you put me to the test? Why are you trying to drive a wedge with me and these people? I know what you're up to. And it produces self-righteousness. Back to Matthew, says, Jesus said to him, whose likeness inscription? They said, Caesar's. And he said to him, therefore, render to Caesar the things that are Caesar's, and to God the things that are God's. Just give it back. Just, just, just give that stuff back to Caesar. And you, you have no connection to it. Just, it should be easy to pay your taxes. Just give it back to him. It says, and then, and then you don't have any connection to it. And give to God the things that are God's. And, and Jesus does this whenever, and this is the mastery of Jesus, whenever they ask him a question or try to trap him or try to do anything, Jesus always changes the question. He, he, he answers what he wants to answer. And he always makes it about the thing we need the most. And, and what the real issue is. Jesus is a master of that. He, he just understands where he wants to go. Now, don't get off onto this wedge and that thing and this little. He just he always knows where he wants to end up, and he has the way. It's, it's it's impressive. And their problem is their hypocrisy. And he's pointed this out throughout the ministry that he's he's taught. This is one of the reasons that they hate him, not just the Sabbath, but but he has constantly highlighted. Their moral failures publicly. They had turned the temple. Is one of the first things he said, and one of the last things he said in his ministry. He'd gone into the temple and pointed out all of their merchandising and their corrupt practices in the temple. Their thieving. From people and from God. But not just that, but he pointed out that, oh, you're so you're so righteous with, with which coin you, you're you saying that we should use. Your, your doctrine is so wonderful, and yet at the same time, your elderly parents you don't even support and take care of. And, and there's this self-righteousness that, that can grab and, and we can compromise all these things and, and, and try to get out of this and try to do that, just like the, the Pharisees can. And, and really, the word compromised is another word. We talk about being compromised. That's the reality. So many compromises end up compromising us. 
And so Jesus, through all these things, is, is pressured to consider his effectiveness with this group of people. And it's very difficult. I, I can't imagine feeling like you're, you're, you're about to lose everything you've worked for. This is close to the end. Like, I've worked so hard to get this group of people, and I'm at a point where they've really positioned this nicely. You ever worked with someone and you're like, you're right there with them. And it's like, you can feel it slipping away. It's like, ah, what can I do? And sometimes there's this temptation to go soft on a doctrinal point or to, to, to not really say what needs to be said. Because if I do, I'm going to lose all that effort. They're so close. They're so close. And Jesus understands that choices and compromise. What we talked about looking at what is possible, what is acceptable compromise. And it has to do with what we sacrifice when we can't have both. When we can't have anything. It's about what is sacrificed. In anything. What is being If it's a convenience, that can be sacrificed. If it's a commodity, that can be sacrificed. But the thing that Jesus cannot sacrifice is his integrity. In any ministry that we are a part of or do anything that we, that we want to be a part of, we cannot sacrifice our integrity. And I'm not saying that we are in grave danger of that. But these are the ideas. We're really wanting to get involved in lots of things. Or whatever we get involved in, we want to be all in, right? We talked about that. And the way to do that, or one of the ways that we do that, is understanding what has to be given, what choices do we make along the way, what compromises can be made, and which ones can't. There was an idea. We talk about um, some of the man-made ideas. Um, over a hundred years ago. When missionary alliances started up. And churches would have different missionary. There's this missionary alliance. And so churches would get together. We're going to support this, and we're going to support that. And so, some people came up and said, a great idea. And some people said, we're mixing with people of other faiths. We can't do that. And so this was kind of a, a this caused a lot of splits in churches. It was a big deal. Which one was right? We would have to analyze each situation individually, I think. There's no perfect answer, but some people wanted to make a pat answer. Missionary alliances are sin. Okay? Um, and, and, and organizations, any organization beyond the church, there were, there were people that said, uh, you can't have a Bible college. And there's all sorts of things that people were coming up at this time of, of, of things that were wrong, and they were, a lot of them were man-made. Most of them were man-made, because that's what we do. 
And, well, do I have to sacrifice my integrity? If, if I have to be a part of a ministry and say, well, if you want to be involved in this ministry, you kind of have to be involved in a faith-only doctrine, well, I can't be there. Right? See, that, that requires me, that's like Jesus, he's like, I, that requires me to buy into an idea that's not correct and to uphold an idea that's not correct for the sake of, of, of reaching a group of people or broadening out that appeal. can't do that. But simply to be involved with something, with, with a person that's not of like faith, that there's nothing intrinsically that requires me to sacrifice my integrity there. It actually gives me an opportunity to share the truth with somebody. Just so long as I maintain. A um, guy, a preacher I know, um, they, he was a principal for a school. I don't know if you've ever heard of an ACE school. Um, it's, a, it's, a, it's almost like homeschool in a school building. It's, it's kind of weird. Anyway, um, but the material and, and all that is, is it's done through a, a Baptist uh, group, and they have competitions. Uh, talent for, for the kids, they have these national competitions that and any skill, preaching or whatever. Uh, there's sports, and there's, there's all sorts of things, music. But he was, uh, so, that, so they go to these, these national competitions, and, and they were rooming with somebody, and he's talking with this, with this Baptist minister. And, uh, and at the beginning of the week, he said, uh, the guy says, you know, the problem is with you <laughs> that you think you're the only one. And, 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 and so they had that kind of conversation, and, and John was trying to share with them. And, and he's like, you know, he's like, there's, there's all sorts of great preachers, and, 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 and that whole conversation comes up. At the end of the week, after talking, the guy, the guy says to John, he says, he says, John, you would have made a great Baptist preacher. He's like, wait a minute. You, you just said it. We're all good. We can be whatever we want, but you want me in your group. Uh, you see the hypocrisy again. Making these steps always leads to a hypocrisy. And, and that, that's kind of the idea I'm trying to drive here. That we get into these catch-22s when we, when we make things up. There's so many more. There's just an illustration where we, when we, I should say it this way, when we, get into the, con the concept of compromising. There's this paradox. And that's what makes it a catch-22. We're trying to gain both things. That's what compromise is. Compromise is trying to at least have a little of everything. I can't have it all, so I'm going to try to have a little of both to satisfy that. And what I end up doing is I end up losing both. On one hand, in the short term, I lose my integrity. Now, this is the paradox, this is the first paradox, is that what is my point? My point is to bring somebody to a spiritual position. And what am I bringing them to? I'm bringing them to a message of which I have compromised myself. 
Right? And so now, what's my goal? Well, my goal is to help the person. This is the second paradox. I've, I've, I've done this to try to help the person. But the fact is that a diminished gospel will probably, it will be watered down and it won't have much appeal to them. And so I won't gain them anyway. Jesus recognizes them, this idea. If he's going to lose people because of a connection with the Herods, or because he uh, doesn't affirm a man-made standard, if he has to give in to those things and, 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 and appeal the way the Pharisees want him to appeal, he's going to lose those people anyway. They're not going to be around. Because he's going to then eventually have to say, yeah, but I didn't really mean it. I was just saying that for them. Just to get out of the situation. And that's, that's the danger. Because that's when our faith becomes compromised. Where, where it now has internal flaws in it. Because I've wanted both. And, and, and I've wanted both from maybe a genuine motive. The motive's not bad. But the means can undo uh, my ministry. Stand <laughs>